Yeah. Yay. Good job, man. Yeah, man. You know me. It was it was fun and zesty. I liked it. Definitely. This is Two Lonely Boys in a Canoe. Welcome, everybody. Welcome, Trevor. So I, according to Chris here, he wants to do a name swap. Yeah, yeah. I came up with this great idea. So this some guy. of you may know or may not know. My name used to be Gravel Shits. My name used to be Gorgeous George. But I didn't think it fit us enough because Trevor's, Why is that, Trevor's a real shitty boy. I and, poop and, a lot in the morning, folks. And, well, a lot of not poops. just in the morning, man. This guy, he could fill a he could fill a dumpster. You know? Mainly the morning. Yeah, 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 that's what they all say until they're just sitting there at work pooping on the clock. <laughs> I poop on my brakes, good sir. Uh-huh. Sure. No, anywho. But I was just messing around thinking that you know what? I'd rather be Gorgeous George. <laughs> well, he so, had long hair like he did. He had longer hair. So I think that it's time for a name change. Trevor, you are now, I dub thee, Gravel Shits. And, I, I re- uh, that's fine. I re- I'll be Gorgeous I re- George. I really don't care, All right, so it's fine. Cool. High five. Yeah, I got the better name. <laughs> I got the funnier name. So you good. do got the funnier name. All right, Trevor, how you been, man? Uh, yesterday was... Rough, having some mental health issues, but got over it. Today was smooth. It was a smooth day. You, you crazy man. Dude, you don't even know. I was looking up for psychologists yesterday. Why? Because I want to talk to somebody. Oh. I got problems, too. I know. And I just got my uh, uh, health insurance card. So now I can go hey, and, and... If that's covered by health insurance... I think it is. Um, certain places will take it. it certain places won't. But that's kind of that finding... Uh, I was looking it up last night. Nice. Um, if you have health care through your job, it's possible that you might be able to go see a, a, a psychologist. You know, I, I saw a psychologist a few years ago before I moved out to Oregon when I was having panic attacks. And he really taught me a lot about like stepping back from situations and not letting it affect me as much, uh, breathing exercises, and kind of uh, positive things to remind myself of, especially when the world's just being very negative, you know? Yeah. Um, and dude, I, I've had mixed feelings about psychology because uh, it's hard, I think. It's hard to go in someplace and be emotionally open. Especially and like, men that were taught not to do that, so it's... Well, you, you have to get past that at a yeah. certain point because if you don't deal with your emotional issues, they'll linger and become problems. festering problems later in your life or, you know, lead to suicide, possibly. You know, yeah. a lot of people that don't deal with their mental health end up killing themselves because at a certain point you feel like nobody's listening or nobody's there. Well, folks, we're here, and we're telling you, if you feel shitty, talk yeah. to somebody. You yeah. Know? I think that's what this podcast serves as something for us to kind of have an outlet. Therapeutic outlet. A little bit, you know, but I think if uh, you really have thoughts that, you know, uh, of depression or, you know, that you've had issues in the past with that, you got to get some outside help. Also, going to... Yeah, go ahead. So, going to a place, too, that helps you calm down. Like, for me, if I go to the river or the woods in general... Sure. It always calms me down. So, yeah, you guys should... If there's a certain place that calms you down, like the library or a friend's house or... Yeah. Even just, you know... Sometimes taking a walk is nice by yourself. You don't always have to hang out with somebody, but some of the best times I've ever had to think, I was running at 4.30 in the morning. 
You know, there's nobody around. It's very quiet. You're doing a physical activity, and it's right before the day begins. So you're kind of getting your thoughts in. You know, you're, you're thinking about what's going to happen later yeah. and what happened Running yesterday. And it, it gives you time. You know, I used to take like an hour and 20 minutes, and it was a really good time in the morning to plan my day and think about what was happening. The toilets also can be a calming spot, too. I, I do some thinking on the toilet. Because oh, yeah. you've released the a bunch of things. The old John, they call it. Yeah, the loo. Because you've released all these things out of your body, so your body can relax. The porta john. The lavatory. The oh, you said the loo. Um, I got one. The outhouse. I've also heard it called the Mexican time machine. <laughs> I heard a Mexican guy tell me that once. He made that joke. <laughs> the and, bucket. Yeah, the Mexican bucket. time machine, though. But yeah, the bucket. The uh. The old uh, <coughs> chamber pot. Chamber pot. The um, <coughs> ooh, uh, the place where you go to talk to a man about a horse. I got one. Porcelain throne. That's a good one. Yeah, I've heard that. <laughs> or if it's an outhouse, it might be a wooden or a plastic throne, it's depending possible. on where it is. Ah, that's not another shit uh, shitter name though, Trevor. <laughs> you lose. I could have kept going. <laughs> go ahead. Do it. Do one more. <laughs> uh. Also, sometimes just the hole. Sometimes yeah, there's just yeah. a hole. All right, I'll give you that one. The hole. Down in a hole. Down, down, down. We could. Feeling so small. Whoa. Do you want to lead right into that, or do you want to do news first? Why not? We can talk about Alice in Chains and then talk about news. They're okay. way cooler news. So, we're doing a very Northwest episode. That's why I know you folks can't see, but I'm wearing... Flannel pajamas and a very ripped flannel jacket. I'm all flannel that, that right now. That flannel's flammable. That yes. flammable flannable. Ah, the flammable flannel. <laughs> the flam flammable. So we're going to talk about the uh, movie and album review and also our uh, our skit <laughs> of our Northwest store. They're all grungy so tied. So we came up with a really interesting idea for a Northwest uh, apparel location, uh, kind of a clothing and accessory Black store. Black Hole Sun. Yeah, it's like, going to be called Black Hole like Sun. Like the Soundgarden like the, song. Like the Soundgarden song, exactly. And in this store, they will sell nothing but Columbia, Carhartt, uh, North Face, or North Pole. Is it North Face? North Face. It's also um, Patagonia sometimes. Some, sometimes Patagonia. And maybe like some, uh, some, some general camo, like some real tree, which is a... Yeah. A lot of rednecks wear that. So we're going to be selling strictly Northwest gear because out here, especially in, in Eugene, you see everybody in Carhartt jeans and fucking uh, uh, shirts flannel. and flannel. And I'm just saying, Camouflage too. if everybody's shopping for the same shit pretty much, why yeah. isn't there an exclusive store for it? And <laughs> also you see the random tie-dye. Like here it's definitely yeah. a mix of, of hippies, rednecks, and random tweakers and just people traveling. Yeah. So we would have a store that would have maybe some tie-dye, maybe you'd have some camo. Possibly clip-on beards and mustaches. <laughs> clip-on beards and mustaches, definitely. <laughs> um, a lot of a lot of crazy hairstyles that oh, you of can course. just wear out. It's a slash barber store or barber we have shop. A, we have a barber shop too. In we have the back to, to go with your Northwest we have a, It's all Tina Kotex haircuts. <laughs> <laughs> She's our new governor now. So. Short and, short and uh, uh, what is it? Short and high. Short and aggressive. Short and high. That's yep. how we. That's how high. she stays. <laughs> She's going to tell us, men, how it is. Tina Kotex seems like she's cool. 
Um, I've never met her, but First like from open what her, lesbian governor of Oregon. Well, from what I hear for, for her politics, she's progressive, obviously. Um, she's democratic, but a couple of things I've heard her speak on, she doesn't sound like she's a complete piece of shit. You know, she sounds like she's informed and she's trying to make good decisions. Yeah. But the problem I have with uh, our political system is that it's two party system and you have to back your party or else. Or else you're in or the else house you're out the house. I it, that actually is a good point. Is there? I'm sure there's been politicians that wanted to do their own thing, but they were pressured to like you have to follow our rules, the yeah. party's rules. You're with us. You're if either you're with be, us or against us. If you're going to be an intermediate, you're just going to lose. And, we, and independents gonna, don't so, never get it. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And so you're just throwing your your political career away. That's pretty much how it's solved. Yeah. So and it's sad, man, because what we have is not working. The no. government we have has become too corrupt. Yep. You know, it's like a, a corrupt police force, and nobody's policing the, the politicians and, that much. And there's organized crime involved and all kinds of shit. There's a lot of different levels of it, and I guarantee the cops that investigate certain people, they get told to leave it alone sometimes because so-and-so's a senator or so-and-so's <laughs> yeah. brother's a like, I'm sure with the Epstein, presidential the, Epstein, the Epstein case, there's yeah. higher-up people that are royalty or presidents sure. or other... Fucking kings and queens, Kings man. and queens and higher-up business people that I'm sure they... People investigating were told to like, hey, you need to back off or else. And so. that's what is fucked up is that these people they live in the shadows, man, but they by day they walk amongst us. So we need to be careful of, you know, the politicians that are just pieces of shit. There's the phrase there are monsters among us, and that applies to serial killers or to shady business. I would get behind a politician that was honest. Like really honest, it's hard <laughs> just to find. told just told the truth. That'd yeah. be oh, uh, there's got to be a political joke about that. Yeah. Finding an all- honest politician. Oh, there has to be. Come on, there's got to oh. be a million of them. There is a there's a Mark Twain quote I could say as for that. It says, "Imagine you're an idiot. Now imagine you're part of Congress." But w- <laughs> but wait, I repeat myself. Uh, Mark Twain. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I always Mark Twain is a. He's a funny dude. He's the he's a, he's officially the first American traveling comedian. Officially, yeah, yeah, he's very interesting guy. Everybody should check out Mark Twain. He's he, one of the great American writers. Yes, great American writers that definitely shaped American modern thought. In eighteen in throughout the eighteen hundreds, he traveled around. Like if there's a song I've been he's everywhere. In a traveling man, band. Man. But you know the song <laughs> I've been everywhere, man. Like. That dude for the 1800s got the fuck around. I've been to Yokoma, Pensacola, North Dakota, North Dakota, South Dakota, East, East Dakota, West, West Dakota, Virginia. Virginia. <laughs> Wait, there's all these places. I've been everywhere, where, man, man. man. I've been everywhere. Where? Inside it's your daughter's pants, man. man. I've been, been everywhere. everywhere. It's like, what? <laughs> and the donkey, too. Wait, what's going on? <laughs> I've been inside your wife and kids. And it's like, whoa, this guy got around. I've been inside your dog. I've been inside your house. I've been inside. What? No. I've been everywhere, man. <laughs> you imagine just singing that to a guy held captive. <laughs> I've been at your workplace. I've been at your. <laughs> I've where you did taxes that time, where you puked in the public bathroom. I watched you from a, from a tree as you took a shit. <laughs> and I jerked off and ate cheese at the same time. I was the one that flattened your tire last week. I've been everywhere, <laughs> man. <laughs> I yeah. actually shot JFK too. Damn! Oh, this guy gets around. <laughs> oh, that was a good one. 
So, yeah, so yeah, Northwest store I think is going to be pretty nuts. Um, we're going to sell to the Antifa on the left and sell, the Proud Boys yes, on the right. Exactly, we're going to sell the Proud Antifa uh, Boys. We're going to sell uh, uh, what is it? Uh, Tina Fey glasses for the women and men, and we're also Tina Kotek haircuts, of course. Tina Kotek haircuts, Keep, high and tight. Um, yep. And we're also going to sell uh, what are the fuck. The Oakleys, the, Oakley the like, Vader shades, yeah, yeah because so the the Proud Boys love those. They do. So so we can we can build a store around hate, right? And it'll constantly get bombed and stuff like that. Yeah, no, it's but a war zone. We'll make everything Literally a war zone. We'll make everything out of rubber. It doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> hey, make, won't recycle tires. Yeah, we'll make exactly. it store out of recycled we're tires. We're gonna be uh, <laughs> fucking crazy with it. <laughs> Also, we're going to also have carabiners because people love to wear those. Their keys on the carabiners, the jingle jangle on their pants. And we're going to allow Day and uh, Jay and Dan to get in on the ground floor. Bonfire, this is a shout out you've been looking for. Get in on this business deal in the Northwest. This is a great deal. Open up a bunch of clothing stores slash comedy clubs. <laughs> Jacob Patat, you can come and we can also. Jacob make us- will be the, the general manager, man, yes. for all the stores. He'll be the GM. Also, if you want to sell any Airwolf gear, Jacob Patat, that's perfectly fine. We would definitely have a special Airwolf section in the front for, for Jacob. Jacob. For Jacob. Yep. For Jacob. For Jacob. <laughs> and also, Christine, we will sell dancing apparel too. Of course, Northwest we dancing will keep apparel. Constant yoga pants. Because <laughs> Christine loves to dance. Apparently, all there'll be camo and flannel. She's pattern. a TikTok dancer, man. You don't know. She gets on those TikToks and she I ticks her that. talk. I didn't know that. And and by ticking her talk, I mean she flicks her bean. <laughs> Man, I wonder how Big J feels about that, about those dances. He's like, he's out of town and she's doing TikTok only fans. Damn. Or she could do the dance like the girl on the clock from the, from the, the children's show. She's on Jay, the rug. Jay scenes none of the money. Yeah. <laughs> She's doing the clock dance on the ground, doing that, yeah. that crazy dance. You're like, There's got to be a girl out there. There has to be a girl who is dressing up like a clown, like a sexy clown, wow. and doing the clock dance on an OnlyFans account. There's got to be a girl. please do it for us. I mean, I'm just saying, you know, take your tits out and move your body like a clock. <laughs> also, if you want to just get naked and move like a clock, that's perfectly fine. Well, I'm just saying, you can still see the same amount in a thong, but man, it'd just be awesome to see a chick doing the, the clown uh, clock. Dude, I'm, I'm fucking wanting to look this up immediately. There's got to be a porn out there. I'm getting Chris aroused right now, folks. I'm telling you folks, that little clowny chick. Met, screwed she was, his world she up. She was my first Harley Quinn. <laughs> she was my you, first Harley You met Harley your Quinn Harley Quinn? At, at playtime. <laughs> I had my imagine? first girlfriend in kindergarten. I started young. <laughs> there you go. Her name was Caitlin Hagen. I remember. Damn. I kissed her in the tunnel. You know, like the little plastic tunnel. And we used to go hang out there at lunchtime and we were talking about getting no. married as no. kindergartners. We are like, yeah, we're going to have a bunch of kids running around this playground one day. Just like us. <laughs> bunch of fucking grown adult conversations happening amongst children. It's pretty good. Pretty it good. was funny because her mom, who I'd met throughout the years because she was a nurse at a doctor that uh, I went to from time to time. Um, so every once in a while I'd run into her mom and she'd tell me about Caitlin and she'd show me pictures of her and stuff. And I'd be like, I remember kissing that. (laughs) That's 
funny. I also yeah. had a girlfriend around that time. Yeah, named, starting young. Her name was uh, was Margaret. How do you stop hey. two kids from kissing on the playground? That's a uh, tough if you one. You offer them candy, so they're so distracted. No, like, hey, what? you want candy? What are you, a predator? <laughs> Hello, why don't you take a seat? I'm Chris Hansen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hello, oh, Tex. No. Hello. hello, Tex. Hey, Tex, how you doing? Why don't you take a seat? <laughs> I love that, man. Chris that Hansen's funny. funny as fuck. All right, why don't you go ahead and we'll get into the news and then we'll talk about our documentary. All right. So, for tomorrow, November 18th. Trevor News. So, they're saying right now it's going to rain this weekend. We'll see. It's supposed to rain and cool I have a weather fact about this world out here, Trevor. All right, go. So, I am making it official. It is no longer short season. So, from now on, I will be wearing long pants to work. It's very northwest of you, Chris. I know, man. It's crazy. Today is the day, uh, 11-17. So no more shorts in the Northwest, folks. Uh, not at least until the, the first warm day. Then you can start wearing shorts again, but that's the rule. That's the rule. I wear uh, long, <laughs> that's the rule, man. That's the first warm day, you break shorts back out, but until it warms back up. This is the Chris rule of shorts. Exactly. It's the real problem in America. What if people break that rule, Chris? Just they can wear shorts whenever they feel necessary. But I am telling you, medically, it's not good for you. So you're a doctor, after Chris? After a certain point. I knew a chick once that went to uh, medical school. <laughs> so do I. That doesn't mean we're doctors. I looked it up. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, it is no longer shorts weather. No, that's a that's a little weather well weather fun fact for you. Well, that's what's fun with a live show, folks. There's no editing. Suffering sacrifice. We got like Sylvester the Indubitably. cat over here, <laughs> or like Elmer Fudd, like it's rabbit season. <laughs> rabbit season. That's all, folks. Porky Pig. I like how he wears a jacket but doesn't wear pants. What is up with that? Hey, three little pigs, let me in. I would I would laugh if Porky Pig had been in that story the whole time as one of the pigs, but never told anyone. And he has PTSD from that experience. The three little pigs. If you ever mention the Big Bad Wolf, he just has an episode of PTSD. I'd laugh if the wolf, instead of being like trying to blow the house down, was trying to uh, play a bass guitar at the house with a giant amp, but it just wasn't strong enough. (laughs) Well, Wolf, you should have gone to Guitar Center and you should have got a bigger amp. My name is Mud. Little pig, little pig, let me in. Shout out, man. Shout out. Yeah, I've seen Green Jello live. They were green awesome. Green Jellies, man. They were great. Green, they were green Jello, but they had to change yeah. their name because Jello, Jello got, mad, got mad. So they changed it to Jelly. Because <laughs> that song did make them big. They it got constant airplay. Big enough that Jello took their yeah. sponsorship away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No more key lime flavors for you. <laughs> Yep, they definitely got a fruit punch, if you know what I mean, Ooh, in the face. Definitely orange. You glad I didn't say banana? <laughs> I have told that joke to people, and they they usually lose patience by the third time. Like that's not banana a flavor, They're Trevor. Like, ah. <laughs> Man, we're doing great, aren't we? We're crushing it. We're crushing it. Small ants on a hill. We're kids with a magnifying glass yeah. and a goddamn switchblade just poking at them. 
And we're all jacked up on Capri Sun drinks. We're literally we're sitting there with up. Fun Dip, ripping them oh, open dude. and chugging the stuff in the Fun Dip. <laughs> fun Dip, Capri Suns, those Lunchables. Shout out Fun Dip. Yep. Bring back the original Fun Dips. <laughs> because original Fun Dips, do you remember this? Yes. This is such a stoner topic. But the original Fun Dips were large packets of sugar. Yep. <laughs> and you get like three large packets of sugar and like mm-hmm. two of the sticks. But Dude, now I love the fun dips. Yeah, but yes. now they got all health conscious, so you get like a tiny pack of uh, the sugar, yeah. and you get like two sticks, and you're like, "What the fuck is yeah, this? I want cheated. all the sugar." That's that's like a coke addict to like that you get smaller amounts of coke. Now yeah, you're like, "Wait, wait a second, like, hey, for thing. your health, we got to give you less well, for your dude, health." I'm We're telling you, good. especially in selling cocaine. The first couple times he's you from sell, Florida, folks. He knows yeah. about cocaine. Well, the first few times you sell cocaine to somebody, you give them pretty good stuff. You give them decent cocaine, so they'll come back. And then you then you give them more cut shit as time goes on. Yeah. But if it depends on how cool the person is, I've given really good coke to somebody for years because they were just nice. You know, they're a really cool person. They just like but, coke. Yeah, yeah, people. You know, but. Um, yeah, no, fucking, I got sold some, some bad coke once upon a time, man, and it'll do some bad things to you. Especially if it's cut, like, with the, um, the, uh, the, the baby, the baby lotion. Laxative. Laxative, and lotion. it makes it lotion, laxative. <laughs> baby lotion, Can you imagine? Just somebody like, yeah, this will do it. And they're I meant baby laxative. They're just ruining all their drugs. <laughs> yeah, this is how you cut it. Ba- baby lotion, I heard it on this podcast. <laughs> Two hilarious guys. I meant baby laxative. Yeah, I, uh... It I, makes... That's why it does make you shit if you do good... I have done coke and I immediately have to I shit. I got a funny coke story. So, a couple years back, uh... It's like... I don't know. Four years? Something like that? Four or five? Maybe four or three. Anywho. Some years ago... Uh, excuse me. I was hanging out with a friend at a bar. The Horsehead. We hung out there all night and we got wasted and fucking st- uh, staggered home. So yep. on the the walk home, he gives me a bump of coke. He's like, "Hey man, I fucking met this dude at the bathroom. He sold me some coke. You want some?" And I was kind of all fucked up, and I was like, I've, "Yeah, why not?" I've met, I've seen people, I've seen people deal coke right in that bathroom. Or yep. said, "I've oh, been in there." Definitely. So uh, I did a little bit. Started walking home with him. Uh, as we're walking home, there are uneven sidewalks sometimes in the area because trees, roots, and stuff grow under oh, them. Yeah. And there's like weird swells in the. It can be dangerous at night. Well, there's weird swells in the streets too because yeah. it's a park. It's a street parking and fucking uh, college mm-hmm. area. So it's all made for bikes. The 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 walking is terrible oh, down yeah. in this area. Because of how many people there are, and the, the trees, sidewalks are all fucked up. The number of trees also that jack are up. Also. Huge. So I'm walking. I end up stumbling over a fucking crack in the sidewalk from it a happens. root growing. Yep. Eat shit into the street. Uh, you know. And as I'm getting up because I can't feel anything, I'm drunk. Yeah. I just stand up immediately and I walk up this like swell of a of a um, it's a driveway. Yeah. But it's on like a tilt, and I haven't gotten my equilibrium back. So I fucking go right back into the street. So not only did I scrape the shit out of my one side of my arm, I fell down on the other side and scraped the other side of my arm and shit like crazy. Life's about balance sometimes, equilibrium. Well, dude, when you're drunk especially, your equilibrium isn't there. Chris, I I know. When I finally got home... (laughs) 
he felt so bad for me. He's like, man, here, have the rest of this Coke. And here was the funny part. We got back to my place at 4.40, Um, I had to be at work by 6.30. Uh. <laughs> so I was like, all right, man, it makes sense. I'm just going to do cocaine and go to work. <laughs> and I've done it before. So it was just one of those things that I got to work. I was feeling shitty. I was just kind of yacked up. And... All of a sudden, I felt the need to fart. Oh, no. <laughs> and I fucking shit in my pants at work right before we opened. And I was like, oh, no. Is it? So, oh, okay. So the when you're doing the sandwich thing. Yep. The door was still locked. So I ran to the bathroom. And I shit on myself just enough that I could, like, kind of clean it up. It was liquid. And yep. it was from the baby laxative. Yep. So uh, the coke, the old was, baby lotion. The coke wasn't bad for for what it was. It was pretty good coke, but there was a ton of laxative in it, which happens sometimes when people don't know how they're cutting shit. So too much laxative, it gave me the runs. But here's the funniest thing: is like I just ran to the bathroom. I'm all coked up. I clean up. It's like only five minutes to uh, opening. And the second I go to open the door, there's a fucking person waiting there. Uh, so I'm just like, this day is going to be frustrating. I can already see. And uh, I just spent the whole day just fucking pooping, running to the bathroom, running back. People were like, what's wrong with you? And I'm like, I don't know. I get a diarrhea. Yeah. But funny fucking day. Funny night. It was pretty fun. And then the, I didn't feel any of the pain until the next day after I came uh, out. Yeah. Because after I got off my shift... I went home and got drunk again, <laughs> just forgot all about the pain. Then I woke up the next day. It was my day off, finally. And uh, I was like, ah, I was all fucked up and laying in Your bed. Your body was like, fuck you. Yeah. I've, uh, I have, I've, I've had some moments where I was drunk and I had to go somewhere and I remember doing coke. I'm like, oh, okay, I can now power I'm through awake. it. Now I'm awake. Yeah, I remember my buddy did, I, I went, was with a, in a wedding one time and I was one of the, uh, the groomsmen. And I saw that picture. Yes. And I had gotten way too trashed. And last moment, he's like, hey, we need all this firewood. We're trying to do a fire for all the guests. So I was coked out of my mind. And I just ran up and down the street like a fucking squirrel. Just, like like when I did the hills. Like when I did the hills. Like, I just scattered. I just ran around. <laughs> and I gathered so much firewood that, yeah, it was... And people were like, what the fuck? Like, I was just running around grabbing well, well, grab so much fire. Here's something interesting yeah. that I've noticed over the years when, yeah. you're, when you're working, especially on drugs, because I do this pretty frequently, yeah. um, is that people will notice that you're on drugs. They do notice. You don't notice you're on drugs because you're on drugs. But everybody around you that is sober knows immediately. <laughs> when I was on a fire crew, we did cocaine, and we were literally fighting fires. So we have to like clear giant fuel breaks, giant areas of brush. We had to get, we had to rip out of the it's ground. Very dangerous, though, yeah. Because your heart gets up to such a rate when you're on coke, plus dehydration, plus heat. Like it's I, very dangerous to do coke while you're fighting fire. You can pretty much do most other yeah. drugs while you're fighting fire. I almost cocaine got and meth are tough. I remember I almost got sucked into a wood chipper because I was dehydrated, I was coked out, and I was tired. Yeah. Like day 14. And I remember I was chucking a bunch of branches we had cut up into this wood chipper. It's kind of tired. And uh, what happened was I had this jacket and the lapels were buttoned up, 
and one of the little side branches of this thing yep. caught on my, yep. my Nomex and it pulled me in and my arm was getting close and closer to this wood chipper and there was an operator, thank God, uh -huh. operating and I grabbed him and said, turn it off and he switched the emergency bar. But yeah, I was inches getting sucked in. I remember I, I, when I got done, I was like, I need a break. And yeah. I just, I fucking threw my helmet against the road and I, I almost at died. a moment, yeah. <laughs> Uh, it is extremely common for yeah. people to die in wood chippers. People don't realize wood chippers. It's terrifying. Well, people <laughs> don't realize in. that you know work work safety is a real thing. It is a real thing, um, especially when you're dealing with dangerous equipment. Like I deal with a forklift that I drive thirty five miles an hour through a through a place. And you with could people. and you could definitely die from a forklift accident. You could die from a forklift accident, or I could kill somebody driving that fast and them not paying attention yeah. and me not paying attention. So it, it's you have to be careful with certain things. It's like when you're driving a vehicle. Anything. Yeah. Um, what happens in Florida a lot is they have these guys, especially during hurricane season, they'll come around and do like clean up, they'll cut trees back, they'll um, They'll cut trees down that are in the way. They'll they'll kind of prepare for hurricane season and after the cleanup is necessary. Yeah. But a lot of these guys are on drugs, and a lot of them uh, just run around with chainsaws and trucks. Yep. And they'll offer <laughs> to do the work, you know, to an extent. But so they're trying to get I've so seen, much work done yeah, in a I've short amount of time. Like a three man crew. I heard of this. There was a three man crew down the road from where I was working uh, at my. Uh, brothers, uh, he was the manager of a fucking small mechanic shop. So I was in the back scrapping metal and shit. Yeah. Um, so while I was working there, there was a, a guys that came to that facility to get their shit worked on that had a wood chipper that were out of his crew. site. Yeah. Okay. That were out of his site, and some people were high on the site, fucking probably coke or something. And one of the dudes got caught, and he was screaming, but everybody was too far away at the time to do anything. So he had a bunch of people rushing to help him, but because he was by himself and he wasn't paying attention immediately, high on coke. What happened? He fucking fell in and died. So whichever? He got his arm, and it fucking dragged him through head uh, first. And you were there at no, the shop? No, but the guys came to the shop like a week later and told us about oh, it. Oh, fuck. So that's how my brother heard and that's how I heard. Um, you know. That's a rough day at work. Because when the cops showed up, they were like, it was an accident. You know, which it was. Yeah. But they also didn't disclose that they were high on drugs doing fucking yard work, you know. Yeah. No, it could have definitely been jail time and a whole yeah. lot of other things. So. Operating equipment. Be careful, folks. You know. Yeah. The, the craziest thing I do in my day-to-day -day is I smoke a little weed on my break. Ooh. But that makes me drive more cautiously. Honestly. Yes. It makes me more paranoid because there's people around it. And I don't want to hurt anyone. Yeah. So, you know, weed slows you down. Don't go doing coke and fucking playing yeah. with wood chippers. Please. Don't do it, folks. It's, it's not fun. I can attest to that. Wood chippers and cocaine. Well, we were going to do uh, grunge is a dirty word. But Something. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. There'll be uh, <laughs> cocaine and wood chippers. <laughs> like that. That's a that's a good runner up. We should. We'll definitely talk about. We'll definitely at least in the description talk about wood chippers and cocaine. We should make a poll. We should do one of those uh, YouTube polls and have some people uh, comment. Hopefully, I haven't seen any comments yet. I I left a comment or maybe. Well, we know. did, but we haven't. Yeah. We don't have a whole lot. Well, we gotta put. We gotta put it up, man. We gotta get people involved. Folks, Trevor. get involved. Get involved. Listen, 
we got to share this more often and, and besides friends and family you guys are cool and whatnot don't get it twisted but damn it we need to expand our base we got to get a wide base we're going to grow this thing to the sky it's going to be like my feet, just size 16, just wide base. Trevor's a real sturdy boy. He's got big feet, you know what I'm I mean? I'm like an oak tree. Big roots. That's how I like big my roots. girls. I like my girls real sturdy. Ooh. You know, big boobs, short and sturdy. <laughs> also, they got to have a good sense of humor, too. Very good sense of Very humor. Very good sense of humor. And big. usually, from what I've experienced in my life, at least, shorter girls, for some reason, tend to have a better sense of humor. Bigger girls, too. Bigger generally. and shorter women because tend to have a better sense of humor. Because average size or tall girls, they, they have some sort of attitude thing, Especially man. really pretty chicks. Yeah, pretty chicks will get you. If you have like a, a tall, hot chick, which is out there, you're like, Looking Ooh. down on you? Ooh. Literally. Well, I haven't, I've never had a chick look down on me because I'm 6'4", but... I've had a chick look down on me. I was making out with a girl that was 6'3", or 6'2". Yeah, if I... She had she had a half a foot on me, man. Very good. <laughs> it would be, it'd be weird I'm if average. I... I'm like 5'10". It'd be weird if I met like a seven foot tall broad and I would be like, hello up there. <laughs> Zach, Zach Thomas was my hero growing up because he was a, a middle linebacker for the Miami Dolphins and he was only 5'7". But nice. he was built like I was. Like he, he was a short, stocky dude. Yeah. But he was really good at his job. He, he was one of the best fucking linebackers the Dolphins ever had. Um, he made a good career of it. Uh, but I always wanted to be like him, man. But I was never fast enough to be a linebacker. That was my problem. Yeah, all the black kids would outrun me all day, bro. Black kids run, man. I don't know what it yeah. is. No, they I, fucking run. We we also had the black kids at school that were the fastest runners. They were the fastest runners. I was, and I, I was quick. I was quick. I was one of the quicker white kids for sure. But yeah, there were some black kids still that. So in fuck. in my elementary school, there was a few black kids. There was a couple of them that had been left back and shit. Yeah. Um. But what ended up happening was in first, second, and third grade, um, I was the second fastest kid in the class. There was a kid named Michael Cohen. He was one of my best friends. I like how you remember his name. Dude, we were best friends. Michael yeah. Cohen and me used to race constantly because he was fast and I was fast. And I was the only person that kind of pushed him. Um, That's what fast kids do. Yeah, you race each other. Saying you were fast friends. <laughs> so, yeah, it was really good. So... Uh, what happened in fourth and fifth grade, where there's a lot more black and Latino kids started getting oh, into the schools, shit. and they left me and Michael in the dust, man. Um, and then that even got proven further in middle and high school. Especially because, high school, yep. I don't know, man. Black kids be training from young ages to run, dude. They are just sprinters. There's a really good Bill Burr stand-up about, about uh, black genetics and athletics and how it was really good. Really good at athletics. Look at the fucking NBA, man. Oh, yeah. There's not a lot of white guys. <laughs> NFL, too. It's And and it's not racist, folks, if it's factual. <laughs> Black NFL genetics. as well, man. Well, yep. it's, it's I think people that had been enslaved and, and kind of persecuted, what that does to a person's uh, identity and what it does to their psychology is it, it forces them to become harder. Yeah, you know, but and, if, and build if, certain skills. If you look even before the enslavement of Africa, starting in the 1400s, they were just a society that was still doing a lot of hunting and gathering. Yeah, and their hunting strategy was, was, to run. was pretty interesting. Yeah, because mainly they would take four to five guys, all spears, 
and they would run down lions. Yeah, and so they, and deer, gazelle, yeah, they'd run anything. their prey down. So they, it's you create enough uh, scattered thought in the animal's mind that it's constantly running away from one guy with a spear, and then another that, guy shows up. Yeah, exactly. Before the animal knows what it's done, it's run you know twenty miles, and these guys have kept up with it. And they kill that motherfucker, drag him 20 miles back, and then they have food for, for yep. two days, three days, for the whole tribe, you know? Yep. And then when uh, the uh, the Colonials came over, they just realized these guys were athletes. <laughs> and they Super were like, athletes. we're going to take you uh, back here and we're going to do some fucking uh, work with you. And they got slaves fueled on cocaine and they fucking gave them more drugs and, you know, steroids. Uh, I think they had different versions of steroids back then. But, uh, they, they definitely would. They would definitely put proteins in yeah. their in their meals so that the, the offspring would be even physically stronger, and yeah. they would keep doing and, that. And I think that when people had slaves, they realized generationally when having slaves, they were like, "It's in my be- better interest to keep most of them healthy and, and fit because if I do, they'll work hard." But you don't want to keep them too healthy or fit because then they'll fucking rise up or they'll run away. Django will just become unchained. Django will become unchained and, and he'll ah. your ass up. What's up, Jamie Foxx? What's up? <laughs> Jacob Batat used to be a producer on a, a radio show that Jamie Foxx had. It's called The Foxhole. That's a cool name. <laughs> Bonfire fact, folks. <laughs> I, if I ever met Jacob, I would ask him about that. It's pretty go. cool. He he never really got to meet Jamie Foxx that much. Like he came in and he helped produce the show, but but he got to meet him once in a while. A couple of times he saw him, you know, like come in and do the thing. He was a big celebrity. Exactly. Yeah. You know, it was Jamie fucking Fox. But this is when he was a lot younger. You know. Um, but yeah, no, I think. Slavery is weird, but maybe uh, through all the hard times for for blacks and and Samoans and like all those types of folk, maybe all the hard times fucking produced some crazy strong children genetically, you know. And that's a good thing, I think, because what we need is more diversity in our genetic pool. So people from all backgrounds, y'all need to fuck each other. Yeah, dude, grab a hot fucking Samoan chick Ooh. and fucking lay her down, and yeah, man. Let's let's start breeding superhumans. <laughs> I also I also like my girls like like my cookies dark and chunky so it's good or just dark. I think this just is how dark. Hitler started out. He was like, "We'll get these people to fuck these people." I think I think Hitler just needed a super hot sassy black chick to just straighten him out. Hitler, sit your crazy ass down. Smack smack. What you doing over there with that weird mustache, motherfucker? Come and ride this pussy. <laughs> I think you could have averted a lot of problems. Yeah, just saw Motherfucker, hot. come eat this pussy. What you doing over there with that crazy ass Hitler? Hitler, come sit down on the on the phonograph. We gon' we gon' play <laughs> some we gon' play some good tunes. No white girl can suck your dick like I do. Like, oh shit. Dude, like could have okay. solved the whole a hot, issue of a hot fucking sassy black chick stops World War II. Just fucking Hitler so Did good. We just write a dope movie. Yeah, <laughs> she literally fucked the racism out of him. Yeah. <laughs> Hollywood, what's up? Bolly, what's up? Bollywood in India, what's up? <laughs> that was awesome. We're crushing it. We're doing great. We're doing good. We're doing amazing. So I, uh, I think I figure out a way to to defeat racism, just like that documentary with the hot Indian chick. You just need to. Straight men, doesn't matter if they say they hate something, a hot enough chick of any background, it will crumble their hatred. A pack of chainsaw. What? I'll beat your ass raw. What? 
pretty funny. Feel like gonna break something tonight. <laughs> Give me something to break. Do, 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 do. Pretty funny. I was listening to Limp Biscuit earlier today because uh, my new metal fucking bone was needing to be itched, and I was like, "This is crappy enough." <laughs> but it's so funny in the Limp Biscuit video break stuff. Uh, for the video, he has a ton of like cameo people show up, like like big stars. Snoop Dogg's in it. Eminem's in it. Yeah. Uh, he has like a ton of really cool musical people in it. Uh, the lead singer from Corns in it. Uh, Jonathan Davis. Yeah, yeah, Jonathan Davis. So it, it's I always love those videos where they they have like a crazy amount. Like of Roland, you have Ben Stiller in the beginning. Yes. He throws the keys to Fred yes. Durst. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that was something that I think was lost after uh, a certain time in, in music, the music video. You know what I mean? Like, they still kind of do it, but for, for a time, MTV was the way to get your yeah. music to kids in the, the younger generation. So making a dope-ass music video was, like, essential, you know? A lot of people's songs were either better or hated because of a music video. Isn't that weird? Yep. Because it has nothing to do with the music. <laughs> yeah. Oh. That was because MTV started in the in the early '80s doing that. Yeah, the first one was uh, video money. killed the radio star, and then right after that was uh, well, money for nothing and chicks for free. Yeah, by uh, Dire Straits. That was one of the first videos on MTV, my, and it became a my. huge hit, and it definitely helped MTV grow. Yeah, so it became such a huge hit at and the time. Speaking of MTV, man. I, I watched Allison Chains Unplugged the there other day. Go. Dude, they are one of the greatest of all time. And it, it really such... ties in great to our next section. Do you want to do the, the documentary first or the album review? We could do either. So we can do both. Um, let's start with the doc and then we'll do the all album. Right. So it was about a documentary Chris showed. I've seen most of it. But I did, like him, I grew up with Alice in Chains. You saw the most important parts of it. He didn't finish like the last 10 minutes, but the last 10 minutes aren't really that important because the story is set, pretty much. Yeah, but I grew up up with Alice in Chains, so I was familiar with most of it already, the basics. Your your top three Alice in Chains songs, go. Uh, Probably Down in a Hole. Uh, Uh, Probably... the Sludge Factory. Sludge Factory. And uh, Angry Chair. Cool. I like those all. So my yeah. f- uh, three favorite are uh, Nutshell, um, mm. Rotten Apple, and yes. they're both from that album. Um, and... Uh, oh, Third the, one. Uh, fuck. Rooster? Wood. Oh, Wood. Yeah, Wood. Ro- uh, Snuff the Rooster is a good one, but... Snuff it, the Rooster, I think, is their most famous It's one. their most famous, most radio played one. Mm-hmm. But they have so many. They were one of those bands that had so many songs on the radio. Like they had many, Allison many James hits. Was a big Northwest band, straight out of Seattle. They were like yes. the head of grunge. The same time Nirvana was coming out with grunge. Yeah, they started um, in nineteen eighty. Nirvana yeah. a lot. They started out as the band Sleaze in 1985, and then yeah. 1986, they renamed Alice in Chains, yep. and they moved away. They actually started out as a hair metal band, because it was the 80s, mid-80s at yeah, the time. Yeah, they started out trying to find their sound as a few different bands, uh, but the, the members are just crazy in Alice in Chains, fucking uh, Jerry Cantrell yeah. and Mike Inez, and, and they all were, sorts of crazy musicians. And they were friends with a lot of other bands that were 
coming out of the throes of hair metal and punk rock. Finding the new sound and, of the 90s. Yeah. And know? a lot of those things from the 80s, like hair metal, punk... Was dying. Was dying off. And then heavy metal was, was going in its own direction at that yeah. point. And they were kind of the melting pot of they all these the things. They were the mixing of uh, all heavy metal... Um, I think alternative Harry metal, rock. punk rock, punk rock as well. Yeah. yeah. So so uh, uh, grunge found a real niche in the with 90s. a little bit of folk rock for some a little reason. Little bit of folk. Yeah. Yeah. More um, country in there. But the documentaries about Lane Stanley and his uh, demise, basically, and his descent into his death. Um, but it goes on to to tell about how Alice in Chains came up and how they got big and how they all kind of dealt with drug problems at different points. Yeah. But Lane Stanley, the main singer, had a heroin addiction that he couldn't overcome. And unfortunately, it did take his life. Um, he's one of the best singers, I think, is out there. I mean, you could have put him yeah. with a lot of groups. They, and as long as he was able to uh, sing well and, and write most of his own lyrics, I think, you know, he would have been fine. They've had opera singers review his singing, and they're like, they're even they're impressed too. They're like, Lane Damn. Stanley was probably one of the best singers of the grunge era of the nineties. His his um, vocal range was crazy. Yeah, he was amazing. The problem that Alice in Chains ran into, and I think it's a a problem that a lot of groups run into, especially music groups, is that one or two or all of the members at a point get hooked onto drugs and kind of the lifestyle of a musician, especially when you're on the road and you're lonely and a lot of things that play into mental health. You know, uh, depression's a real thing, man, and a lot of people deal with depression with drugs. Um, Lane Stanley's really close friend, a girl that he loved, died, and yeah. that's where he took a real bad spiral towards the end of his life. Um, but before that, you know, they were touring, they were doing great shows, they were recording albums, there were like two or three albums, the second, I think it was the second one after their first album and the third were both platinum, you know, yeah. like they're, they were the biggest group Ugh. of the 90s next to Nirvana probably. Pearl Jam was huge. Pearl too. Jam too. Soundgarden too. They were up there. <laughs> you ever heard of Pearl Jam live? <laughs> well, there's also Smashing Pumpkins were another huge grunge band. Mm -hmm. There were quite a few. They're one of the they're one of the titans of, of grunge. But I definitely feel like it's like Nirvana, Alice in Chains, and then everybody else kind of falls in. Unfortunately, Pearl Jam is I hear them just as often as yeah. Alice in Chains. Oh, well, again, it's up for debate. But yeah. um I prefer my favorite grunge band is Alice in Chains. Well, what ended up happening with Lane Stanley was uh, he he became unable to perform because he was dope sick constantly. Yep. Uh, and if you don't know what dope sick is, when you do hard drugs like heroin or opioids, uh, your body will become frail at a point after you've come down from your high. Yeah. Um, it'll cause you body pains. It'll cause you withdrawals. It'll cause you sweating and heaving. Um, a lot of people go through it with alcohol withdrawals. So I've done it before. I've had it too. Yeah. So um, what ends up happening is you go to get more dope to not feel that way. Yep. And the more you keep shooting it, it's kind of a, you know, one hand feeds the other, but it's yeah. going nowhere. Um, so he ended up getting really bad to the point where he couldn't tour. And the band was pretty much breaking up every other year because he would get hooked back on heroin. They'd get together, uh, do a few songs, and then something would go wrong and they'd break back up. But I think the saddest part of this whole documentary, and it really m remained neutral, I think, the whole time, you know? 
uh, it just showed a lot of facts and videos and interviews with people that knew them, was that he was a sad dude. You know, he was yeah. a guy that needed help and needed off the road for a while and needed to be in rehab again because he had done rehab and, and you know, relapsed, which is a part of recovery. Um, but because of his status, I think, it fed his addiction yep. and it allowed him access to drugs and people that would basically enable him. You know? More so than the average person. Exactly. Yeah. Because if somebody is watching a family member die of drugs, most of the time, I think, people will snatch the shit out of them. You know? Even friends, too. Or, but when yeah. you're when you're famous and you have money and you have, you have a lot access of yes men. and you have people around you doing that type of thing, I think it becomes more of how do we get them doped up so I can take some money. Like Pink Floyd. It reminds you Pink yeah. Floyd did that hardcore. Um, the sad news is that the lead singer eventually ODs and nobody's there to, to find him. He, he ends dies. up decaying in uh, the room for, for quite a few days before anybody finds out. Um, because towards the end of his life, he was very solitary. He was writing his own stuff and recording here and there. He had this, I know he, he bought this um, condo in like downtown Seattle. Yes. Just this giant random condo. And he was basically just living out the end of his days in a drug-fueled state, um, just hanging out with whoever would hang out with and him. And writing music. And fucking around. So it was a real sad end to the story, but I knew how it ended already. It just sucks to see such talent get wasted. And again, it goes back to mental health, folks. If you feel like you need somebody to talk to or you just... You're having problems with drugs. I, I did it for years with alcohol. I had a real issue at a point. You know, I had great times when I was drinking, but I have, towards the end especially, I have way more bad memories than I do good memories. So it, with that fact in, in hand, you know, I think that people need to realize there's a lot more of good in the world than there is things to be afraid of or run from. But it's all about how you see it, man. I love hearing Trevor play. Even though I bust his chops constantly, it's one of those things that I think if people busted my chops, it would push me a little bit more. Um, and just having nice people, man, it's really irreplaceable. That's why I'm glad to do this podcast yeah. with you, bro. So yeah, I've also had issues with alcoholism, and it's definitely caused... A lot of difficulties in my life too, with like relationships, jobs, other things. But uh, relationships, especially. Yeah, it probably didn't help with my family either, but girlfriends especially. But um, well, I mean, relationships are all you know, family yeah, and friends. You know, everybody. I think that it's hard. It is hard. You know, but especially like us, we have like. You're pushing yourself, you're doing physical jobs, you're trying to let, trying to do these things, and then you try to let loose, and sometimes you just go too hard, and then you do things that you don't mean to do, and the next morning you wake up and you're like, oh, what the fuck happened? But I think a part of being a man, and especially a good man, which is hard, hard to find in this day and age, is that you're willing to make mistakes. You're willing to... Uh, make mistakes you're willing to fix those mistakes and you're willing to work yeah. on yourself while you do it i don't do liquor anymore of chris and it's been good yeah no yeah. trevor's trevor's straightened up a lot too i think i was feeling him a bit when i was drinking the way i was because whenever i'd come around with a whole bottle of vodka i'd be like i need somebody to drink this with and i would drink it with him yeah and and it was me looking for a buddy to drink with more than a friend you yeah know? And especially when, when we were 
what I needed was a friend. Yeah. You know? Especially when, like, when we were homeless, like, it was, life was, was, you know, stressful enough that it definitely, we did it to fuel getting through. And we yeah. did eventually get through, but if we had done that more sober, who knows? We might have had a better time, honestly. You know, uh, I think that me staying sick as long as uh, I did was because I was drinking. I wasn't allowing my body to heal properly, and I was just yeah. drowning myself with booze and cigarettes. And and, and, and and honestly, to an extent, it did help. But when I couldn't go to the bathroom, that's when I realized I that. This you was had a to problem. literally crawl from your truck in the parking lot to the porta potty. Yeah. That was and, sad. And that's where you have to realize that you're doing something that is more harmful to yourself than it is good. Yeah. You know, and, and life will give you these circumstances to allow yourself to figure it out. But you as a human being have to take the proper step to not do that again. You know, um, I never want to be that sick again in my life, hopefully. But it's something now that I know it's it's in me, you know. You could die from something stupid like that. I still think I'm drinking gonna yourself to death. Yeah. It's it's not a great idea. I still think I'm going to probably die by a rogue train attack. Yeah, rogue so. train attack. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let me. Let Trevor me. was in an elevator headed to an office building, and this train, train came out of a, nowhere. Was, Trevor gets out of the elevator. He's like, "Why are these tracks on the carpet?" <laughs> 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 Wait, I'm just trying to go to a Kinsinger right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to go to a quinceanera funeral. <laughs> that was something crazy we saw when we were camping. A funeral and a fucking... Yeah, we've talked about quinceanera it. right beside, right each, beside other. each other. <laughs> Definitely the juxtaposition of like life and happiness yeah. with the quinceanera versus sadness, death and sadness was right next to each I other. Think, I think that that's life in a nutshell, though. You're yeah. going to have moments that are fucking so memorable. Like some of the, the juxtaposition good, of life. Some of the good the moments I have, bro, bring me the most joy and like amazing feelings in the world. I'm sure we had some moments together. Like, No, yeah. of course, man. Fucking uh, one of the best moments I've ever had as a buddy of yours was that time we climbed to that mountaintop while we were hiking. And we just stood oh. there and smoked a bowl and drank a beer. Yeah. And I was just like, dude, this is beautiful, man. Like, not everybody gets to do this. Yeah, we'd started you know? our camping adventure. And we went up pretty high, man. We got up there. Yeah. And then coming down was fun, too. We were sliding down yeah, and shit, quick. trying not to die. <laughs> yeah, Chris was moving a lot faster than I expected. Trevor the mountain goat, I had to keep up. <laughs> and then uh, he caught an ankle, but fortunately he, he continued. And from there we decided to walk I so think, we don't hurt ourselves. Well, I think what happens, especially when you're in nature, is you try to push yourself a little bit more than you normally would. Yes. But the issue also in nature is that it's unpredictable. Things go wrong. You're you usually know. further from medical facilities if you get exactly. seriously hurt. Like, because you're in, further in from time, society. Time is a factor if you have something like a concussion or yeah. fucking a, a massive bleed or an Definitely if you're caught out at nighttime where the temperature drops yeah. and visibility is harder and it's harder to yeah. transport. Or just getting lost, yeah. you know? People get lost in the woods all the time. Still happens. So be careful out there, folks. Maybe bring a compass. Compasses are always pretty nice. Uh, compass, always bring something to collect water in, like even a container. Water bottle, something. Yeah, something. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, just basic things like that. Uh, a lighter is always a good thing. Always Lighters are always great. Yeah. yeah. Um, definitely if you have a wallet or something that you keep on you constantly, like I always have my wallet on me, you should probably keep like Tinder or something in there. Like also uh, char Tinder. Also, if you have a small backpack, if you have even just a small amount of uh, 
paracord, or you can yeah. also use your bootlaces. Sure. I actually had to do that before I had to use my bootlaces to tie we things down. We should do a, a subject. <laughs> or down. We should do a topic subject survival on uh, survival. Yeah, I've, dude. I've spent a lot of time in the wilderness, so I because what we are, percent. folks, is we are rough, uh, rough around the edges, guys. That have had to fucking fight and scrape to be just yeah. normal. <laughs> so yeah. uh, we've figured out a lot of weird shit along the way that not everybody always appreciates. But I think that through the podcast and through like experience, you'll find out, man. We know we know a little bit of shit, man. I think but life, we can always life learn more things. On you just enough, you know what I mean? Life gives you the gravel shits just enough. Yep. <laughs> and sometimes you can't. And sometimes go- you get mushroom pizza. <laughs> oh yeah. So I. Uh, by the way, folks, I did last week, last podcast, Sunday, I was tired, but I had gone... Sunday, Chris, Sunday, Chris had gone Sunday. to work. We, I had one camp, he's talked about, got chanterelles. But these were, chanterelles are usually like a bright orange, yellowish color. Sometimes they're more of a cream or white chanterelles, which mm-hmm. is what I found. They, they were chanterelles. They were definitely chanterelles. They were just lighter than yeah. normal. Dylan had found some. Sometimes they're orange. Dylan had found some that were orange. He kept those. I decided I wanted the, the lighter colored ones. But Chris cut them up and he cooked you know them. You know the lighter colored ones are better? They're denser. True. Yeah, the darker ones tend to have more, more of like airy. Uh, well, they Well, they're, they're dense as well, but when something's darker, usually, in, in nature especially, it's getting closer to its death. True. Um, it, it's darkening. But in, in like bloom, everything's really light. And, yes. and, and white. So what you had when I cut them open was a very young, was a very young. perfect uh, uh, chanterelle because it contained a good bit of moisture, but it wasn't too soggy. That's the problem yeah. with mushrooms. Sometimes if they're not kept well or they're fucking kept for a couple so days. Here's too many. A, here's a tip, folks. And you go mushroom hunting. I've Christina has been on the show. She was the one that really taught me a lot about mushroom hunting. And some things she taught me is definitely research we're looking for because mushrooms are toxic. Yeah. So please ask a friend, look it up online, get a book. Like for your first few times going mushroom hunting, you should probably yes. just go with somebody that knows what. Like they're Christina looking for. showed me a yeah. lot of the ropes, and now I know enough that I could be like, I can avoid say this. those are yeah. chanterelles, those yeah. are morels. You at least know some basic. And uh, I learned. Uh, Chris learned too. I we learned a lot of spots like for chanterelles, for example. You want to go in lower <laughs> elevation hills. Because it's usually in the fall, and as you get la- yeah. later into closer to winter, higher elevation is going to get snow, obviously. Exactly. Colder and, weather doesn't produce fungi. Yes. Well, fungus is underground, mm-hmm. but the, the, the fruiting bodies that we see yeah. as, as you know mushrooms grab that they're not growing the snow so they're gonna at, they're gonna be hibernating levels of elevation yes there are different mushrooms pretty yep. much you know you'll just find, like with trees yeah exactly trees and bushes exactly like poison um, oak for so example to find good morels or or good chanterelles it's about a thousand to two thousand feet you want, of elevation you want low hills something yeah. to be aware of there's, tip, there's there's definitely a good chance of there being poison oak in yeah. those areas I think it was like 1500s like the perfect or something 1500s also, fun fact, 3,500 feet, folks, that's when poison oak generally stops. So if, yeah. so if you ever want to go somewhere, cold. yes, if you ever want to not deal with poison oak, keep going out. That's something I had to learn. In go to the snow. <laughs> yes. No, that's something I had to learn because I, I grew up going to, the, going to the Sierra Mountains a lot as a kid. And, uh, yeah, get higher up there. But, yeah, mushrooms, make get sure. Get high, baby. Ah, make sure you dry girl. them. Make sure you dry your mushrooms properly. Yeah. 
And uh, this has been our grunge episode. Yes, CJ Lou from Bonfire. We know grunge is a dirty word, but deal with it. Pearl it's that Jam. Oh, real quick. Album review. Just real quick. We didn't even get to it, but Jar of Flies. Yeah. It was Allison Chains. It was from album. 1994. It was one of their, their, their big hits after Dirt. And there's another one, but it's got some great songs on it. I recommend checking out Nutshell or not Nutshell, uh, Rotten Apple. The the song I was going to request was actually Rotten Apple, but yeah, probably their one of their biggest songs on radio play is probably Nutshell. Nutshell, yeah, which is a good one. Nutshell and um, Rotten Apple are my two favorite on that. Yeah, uh, on that whole list. But, but they, they have, got great songs. Like Whale and Wasp is a is a strange one, but good other ones. But yeah. yeah. Apple. All right. Well, I think that's gonna about do it for us, folks. Please go like and subscribe at we Two will, Lonely Boys in a Canoe podcast. We'll have more episodes uploaded we'll upload this, here weekend. this weekend. Yeah. And uh, Trevor, why don't you get us started, man? All right. Two lonely boys in a canoe, folks. I'm Chris Evans. That's Trevor Alstrom. We'll see you next time. Later.